With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Southern U Podcast, brought to you by Darton Archery on the OKS Podcast Network with your host, Taylor McMurtry, Jeremy Ferguson, and Matt Brock. All right, guys, welcome back to episode number eight of the Southern U Podcast. Joined, as always, Jeremy Ferguson. Wildlife Consulting Services slash Tutland slash whatever else we can put next to his name. I, I add stuff daily. Yeah, exactly. And the living legend, A.L. Deer legend. That okay, is. this Matt. has got to stop. <laughs> Matt Brock. Never. 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 And, uh, yeah, my name's Taylor. Um, I get to hang out with these guys because uh, I got nothing else better to do, I guess. Except uh, last episode they were – Forcing us to eat uh, habanero laced popcorn, which Matt is still enjoying at the moment. Yeah, apparently. Sounds like he's chewing on an apple over yeah, there. Yeah, if you guys hear that, just know it's Matt. <gasps> Every time there. y'all call me the Alabama sissy deer hunt, whatever legend, I'm gonna crunch another one. Oh, good guys, we're gonna keep doing that. He's gonna have diarrhea, something fierce yep. later. It ain't, it ain't gonna affect me one bit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, me. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well out there. I um, want to say thank you so much for uh, the support you've uh, shown us over the last few episodes. Uh, things have been growing for us on all social platforms, and I uh, want to encourage you, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us um, on Facebook and Instagram at, at the Southern U. And you can also find us on uh, YouTube. Uh, we release a lot. A lot more content there. There's some full-length hunt videos there, too. Find us on um, YouTube. Just search uh, Southern U, and you should be able to, to find us there pretty pretty easily. You should so. be able to find videos of Matt. I was yeah, say, none of the rest right. of Jeremy, us Jeremy, where's your full-length hunting videos? Yeah. Right. When I get to go hunting, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> or when I actually get one on film. Oh, yeah. you got one on film, and we're going to air it. <laughs> Which one? The Kansas deer? Mm-mm. The Mistake. Oh, oh. <laughs> the mistake. I love that that deer is yeah. just known, not, as, hey, known as the mistake. You notice it's not here anywhere. No, it's not. That 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 little skull mount is hanging in the, the cabin. Little skull mount. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't get too worked up. It was little. It, it was. It didn't look little. It, it was, was little. Uh, whatever, man. Probably because it didn't weigh about 135, 140 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. Hey, it happens. All right. One more handful and I'm quitting. Only guy I know that is addicted to habanero uh, infused popcorn. Yeah, he's got some other addictions that we won't talk about. <laughs> Not safe for work. No, <laughs> no, no, they're fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so uh, we're going to jump right into the topic of discussion, and I will say before we get there, um, stick around. At the end of the podcast, we're going to make a 
big announcement for something that, uh, like we said on the last episode, something you want to be involved in. And I'm excited. Th- yeah, I am too, man. I'm pretty, pretty dang fired up about it. You guys will be too, I imagine. So uh, today we are uh, talking about something that um, you've heard us mention several times before. We call it the 101 content. Uh, as as uh, <laughs> Matt is trying to quench <laughs> the thirst over mm-hmm. there and put out the fire. I got a hold of one. It's rough, y'all. <laughs> You made fun of Taylor for sweating. Yeah. I, your cheeks are getting red. Well, they ought to be. <laughs> Golly. That's nice. That did it. So, uh, mm. anyways, but uh, today is another one of the what we'll call 101 content or 101, ep- uh, 101 episodes. And uh, this is just after the shot. This is the um, – I'll quit crunching now. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, and yeah, this is kind of after the shot 101. Um, we're going to let Matt handle this one because Taylor and I have never killed a deer. So Yeah, I don't even know what one looks like. And we I've live, sure made my fair share of bad shots. So. <laughs> we, live in, we live in Marshall County. We don't know what deer are. Um, but yeah, basically it just kind of the thought that we had for this one is like many uh, new hunters or young hunters. It uh, doesn't really matter. But um, if you're kind of new to this thing and trying to uh, be successful in the woods, and you actually get an opportunity at an animal that you're trying to harvest, and you squeeze that trigger or you let an arrow go, uh, great. Now what? <laughs> you know, what do we do what next? What do you do? Um, Immediately get down and go push the deer. <laughs> right, man? That's like what a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> right, man? <laughs> no, just, uh, it's, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And um, what I want to do, uh, kind of starting out here, I'll ask these two guys because they've got uh, lots of experience in the uh, in this kind of field too. But uh, I want to break this down where we are talking about after the shot of a gun, after the shot with a bow, because they can be different. Uh, there's wildly uh, wildly different, um, both in nature and just kind of how animals react to those things when they are impacted, and <laughs> hey, those sort of things are mm-hmm. a little and, different. And crazy things happen. They do. I crazy mean, things can happen in the woods. Bullets do crazy can, things. We can talk about some of that that's happened yep. over the last week or so. Arrows do crazy things. Uh, right. It's just, it, stuff just happens. Yep, for sure. So, I guess starting out with, um, very first question here is, I just shot a deer with a bow. Now what? <laughs> what are we looking for? What's the sights and sounds? What are you looking for in terms of um, body language of the animal that you shot? Just those sort of things with an arrow. That's kind of yeah. the where we're going to start first, and um, we'll kind of go around the table. I, and I kind of, from from the bow hunting aspect, I'm going to back it up a step even after the shot is with archery equipment and, and firearms. It's, it seems to be tougher with a lot of folks with firearms for some reason. I don't know why. Follow through. Follow through. If you're not following through your shot with archery equipment, you're not going to know where you hit that deer. Mm-hmm. If you're yanking the release, I promise you, you don't know where you hit that deer. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you will practice your follow through and watch that shot, feel that shot, mm-hmm. you're going to know within pretty good reason of, of where you hit that deer. That's, to me, number one. Yeah. Yeah, don't get don't get so anxious that you make jerky movements or something with mm-hmm. your bow after the shot. I mean, I've I've literally seen people draw, and then 
as soon as they hit that trigger, they're looking. Oh, yeah, and they're I'm moving like, no, their head. No, 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 no. And that's the same thing with the Dern rifle. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I just don't get how people go from here and they squeeze the trigger and, bef- <laughs> I mean, just instantly. They, go, they pop whoop. up. It's like yeah. a turkey poking yeah. her head up over lock. It's just, hey, listen. They look up. <laughs> shout out to Alan Connor. He was on a guest on here a couple episodes uh, back, but – uh, Alan has a term for it. He calls it playing peekaboo. That yeah. You cannot play peekaboo no. with yeah. a bow in your hand. You no. know, if you no peekaboo. Do not look for that arrow. Don't uh-uh. worry about where that arrow's going. You just concentrate on trying to burn a hole in the vitals of that animal with your pen well, let, and let it go. Let, yeah. Let's talk about your arrow right there because I yeah. think that's got got maybe a, a lot. Yeah. So to do with it. This is again what what I'm te- what I'm going to share with you here is is. A preference this is absolutely not the gospel. This isn't what you have to do in order to kill a deer. But this hey. is, but this is uh, kind of what I what I have found to be very useful uh, for after the shot kind of stuff. Jeremy's got one of those arrows there, checking it out. But you'll notice if you check this out, I shoot um, a lighted knock number one that helps me see it in flight. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. Yeah, but I've never one, shot one. But I do love them. I do like um, being able to kind of tra- you know, follow that arrow as it enters the animal. Also, I have a seven inch. Yeah, no. I'm still waiting on my southern U wraps. Well, uh, these are not uh, these are not southern U. If you look real close, I got the wrong width on it's these, so it's just other 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 U. Everybody other U has this. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of our second podcast. Yeah, if other, it's not southern, it's other. Yeah, yes. that's right. So. Uh, but I, yeah, this is a, a seven inch wrap. A lot of people hate that. It, so my gosh, what are you doing? It does add weight to the arrow. But the reason I do it, if you notice, I shoot uh, white veins. They're all white. And the, what, and the what wrap, are those uh, little ditties right yeah, there? That's called a zinger fletch. If you haven't uh, checked those guys out, it's a three D printed vein. It's pretty cool. That's um, why this is called the othern. Yep, yep. othern. Talking about other. Nobody right. else uses it. That's right. Yep. This is me. I'm the oddball of the group for sure. But nope. um, but yeah. It, and basically, what I try to do in the tree. Again, we're talking about 101 type stuff. So some of this stuff is going to apply. Some of it may not. Um, but a seven inch solid colored wrap like yellow or white or something like that something bright something that you can see in flight helps obviously a lot of knocks helps with with uh, seeing that too but it also acts as a way for me to see and kind of verify what shot i think i made Mm -hmm. so if i get down and i you know i shoot an animal give it some time i get down and i find my arrow and in my you know my initial reaction is man i smoked that animal he's done and i get down and look at my arrow and it's green that means I didn't smoke that animal, most mm-hmm. likely, unless it mm-hmm. exited guts yeah, or yeah. something like that. But um, And then also, um, something that people don't talk about as much, I feel like, is video. It, I'm not saying you've got to go buy some, you know, thousands of dollars worth of camera gear. Mm-hmm. Get your phone. Get something that allows you to play back that shot. Yep. And, again, helps you to go, man, I think I smoked them. And then you can play it back and go, yeah, I drilled them. You know, it's very useful. It's very, very useful. useful. Um, Even, like I said, just your phone is is plenty. But you take those three things, you know, a lighted knock, a 7-inch wrap of a solid color, solid veins, all that kind of stuff helps you see it in flight. It also provides some evidence once you get on the ground, and then if you had video to throw in there, that just kind of just just a confidence factor. So, and, and that that was my whole deal in asking. Want you to go through that is that 
that portion, that that back seven inches, mm-hmm. is all about creating a, a visual. Yes. Uh, I guess for you, as far as where the arrow hits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in the day when. <laughs> we were shooting what twenty three twelve. Yeah, yeah, with camo yeah. aluminum arrows. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could see the arrow fairly well because they were slow as Christmas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, they they arched on the way there. Uh, today's equipment's really fast, and it's hard to pick these things up in the woods. It is, especially mm-hmm. in low light conditions. That's right. But the lighted knock, the wrap. I shoot white fletchings. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I shoot, do too. Wider sh- chartreuse. Yeah, yep. I, I shoot the tack veins, which you oh yeah, know, did, you know, no. Oh no 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 me no, either. I love I love that vein. I, sh- um, I shot them for the last I think three years. Yeah, but uh, I just did that literally yep. because I did not have time to actually fletch them. <laughs> I, I mean, I just like oh, yeah. we're building a house right now, and every spare moment is either work or house related. And those, you take a little hand sanitizer and, and just slide them on, and when that alcohol evaporates, that's where they stay. And mm-hmm. I was just like, it'll save me time. I'll yep. give them a shot, you know. But you know, I love attack vein. They're great. Yeah, but we're we're just trying to create the ability to see the arrow in flight. That's right. As well as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you want to know where it hit, but, but secondarily, you really want to pay attention to what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it, everybody describes it a different way, but when you shoot a deer through the diaphragm, it makes a wildly different sound than when you shoot it elsewhere in the body. Yep. I mean, it sounds like you thumped a watermelon. Yep. Just, just pop. Yep. You know, uh, well, I mean, it is you, a cavity. It's, it, it is. is. It's a you, you, you know. shoot one in the guts. It generally doesn't sound quite the same. No, mm-hmm. uh, which threw us all off. Of course, we didn't have video on the deer I killed in Kansas because I'm terrible at video. And way to go, uh, Jerry. But, oh, but we we had we had what I saw, and what I knew that I saw. Um, but and then what you heard and what we heard. But what we heard didn't really match Mm-mm. what what I saw. I mean, we all listened to it. And we're mm-hmm. like, that sounds like diaphragm, and it was not diaphragm. It was kidney. <laughs> yeah, that's right for sure. The Southern U Podcast is brought to you by Tether. For the last five years and counting, Tether has pushed the boundaries of what mobile hunting looks like. Thanks to Tether, gone are the days of having to haul heavy gear into the woods in order to hunt from elevation. Their lineup of tree saddles are lighter and safer than other methods. And saddles are not the only thing that Tethered has made better. Their complete lineup of sticks, packs, and other accessories have streamlined the process of getting to your desired hunting area and doing more of what we all love to do, hunt. So if you're ready to ditch the bulky, heavy, and loud hunting methods of the past, check out Tethered's complete list of products and gear at tetherednation.com. That's T E. T H R D N A T I O N dot com. It, it did the job, but being able to see where you hit, confirm that with what you hear, confirm that again on the ground with what mm-hmm. you see on the arrow, and I, for crying out loud, we'll say it a thousand times. If you're not sure or you've got uh, some experience trailing and it looks kind of bad back out go yeah. home give it time eat supper yep. lot and a lot of time um you know you you'll see a lot of guys pick up a track in about 45 minutes right <laughs> it depends 
hour. <laughs> Depends on the circumstances. Yeah. yeah. You um, just have to know where I was. Yeah. But now, if you see a deer fall, mm-hmm. by all means, go throw your hands on it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's that kind of leads into the second part is like upon like executing a, a, a well-placed shot, Keep your eyes on that animal. Absolutely. And That's make sure, I mean, watch, watch. Because a lot of guys, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like I get as giddy as anybody if mm-hmm. I'm able to successfully like make it happen with a bow and arrow. But sometimes guys get a little premature in the celebration process, you know. It's almost oh, yeah. like getting a pick six and fumbling at the goal line because you, you know, drop the ball or something oh, like yeah. that. So don't celebrate too early. Um, watch that animal, and you may very well see it fall. Or, mm-hmm. like you said, listen, and even if it gets out of eyesight, you're going to hear it. What everybody refers to as the crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to hear them. Kaboom, they're going to hit something hard, a tree, deadfall, something, and start kicking leaves around. And that kind of lets you know, like, okay, that animal's probably down. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and the first thing that I usually do, one, is listen, mm-hmm. like what has already been stated. But then I want to watch that animal, but I'm marking things that it ran by yes. as it's going. Absolutely. Because I want to be able to go. I it know. ran between three and five yards of that big cherry bark oak at 80 yards, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. And that way I know that if I'm not able to pick up the blood as soon as I think I ought to, I can go, well, I know he ran by that tree. Mm-hmm. So I can go mm-hmm. over there. If I'm not able to find what I'm looking for here, I know he ran right there. Sure, and I mean, especially you guys will find that this out the more you do it. But if you're hunting from elevation, oh. what looks like you know what you see from elevation mm, totally is completely different. different when you get on the totally ground. Totally yeah. different. And when you get on the ground, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, this doesn't look the same. Mm-hmm. I think it went here, but it may not have. It, it may can change. Gone, you know? yep. yep, it changes a lot. And yeah. and then the importance of of watching where. You know, one deer may not bleed immediately, mm-hmm. but that's going to play a role when you're in different habitat types mm-hmm. where it may be bleeding mm-hmm. and you may not be able to find it. That's right. right. We can talk about Texas now. Yeah, yeah there we go. Right. Texas guys, we're talking about <laughs> yeah, we're talking Absolutely. about Texas is the hardest place to track a deer I've ever I've ever been in. But the, the For when sure. it hits yeah. that dirt, that yeah. sand, it, it, it literally just folds so, over. Yeah. It folds over the blood it, it, and it, just masks it. Yep. It's just like not um, even there. You know, hunting out there. We're, you know, I don't know how y'all grew up, taught to, to where to shoot, but, you know, we're we're trying to punch it right behind the shoulder. You're trying to shoot them in the heart. Mm-hmm. My buddies out there is like, uh-uh. Anchor that joker. Shoot him either through the shoulders and put his chin on the ground mm-hmm. or shoot him midway in the ribs mm-hmm. so that you, you hit that you're sure you get both lungs and you get blood blowing. Mm-hmm. Right. You get elevated blood on the vegetation because mm-hmm. we're not going to find it on the ground mm-hmm. but we can find it and follow it on the vegetation right um pine timber pine plantations yep. is notoriously pine hard it's it's awful tracking a deer through pine straw no that's true and the the reaction of the deer is very important mm-hmm. so a deer tail down tearing out of there is likely a good hit yeah mm-hmm. 99 times out of 100 that's a good hit uh if it if it runs out there, stops for a minute, starts flipping that tail around, mm. uh, kind of hunches up, you're probably looking at liver or gut. Good. Mm. Yep. So that's true. Yeah. Which now, and I will say this too, um, some of that um, can be a little tricky because 
I've noticed since start since shooting like a uh, one piece two blade like super duper sharp head mm-hmm. sometimes, and this is extremely rare for this part of the country that we're in in North Alabama. Most of the time, especially with a bow. If you shoot a deer, they know, like, oh, crap, I've messed up. You know, yeah. like, they, they know they screwed up, and they're <clears throat> high-telling it out of there. But occasionally, especially with that setup, you'll zip one through it, and they don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they'll sit there and flick that tail for a minute, and yeah. they all of a sudden just go. Just tip over. Tip over. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it doesn't happen a lot, but um, but that can be. I was, uh, years oh, yeah. ago, I had a deer that I shot Oops, perfect sorry, broadside, double lung, went right back to feeding on acorns. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like I, I was looking. I was like, I know that deer's dead. Like it's it's oh, it doesn't I, know it, uh-huh. but it's dead. Mm-hmm. And it 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 just kind of looked up for a minute. It jumped. You know, when yep. it, when I shot, it jumped, and it it just kind of went back. More to so it. with the noise. Probably. Yeah, it looked around, and then it just kind of put its head back down and started eating again. And I was like, man, that's an odd reaction. And I went ahead and knocked another arrow because it was playing tricks on me because yeah. I knew what I saw. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I looked at the deer and I was like, that's just not a typical reaction for a deer that just got, you know, an arrow mm-hmm. slung through both lungs. Mm-hmm. And then you could see the trickle of the blood start to come through. But the deer wasn't excited, so it wasn't blowing right. out. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of started wobbling back and forth until, until you know, teetered over. And that yep. was it. I've, right. I've seen that happen more times than not in a different situation. But during the rut, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when a when a buck's keyed up, and you you zip one through, and it's like, hmm. what happened? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Uh-uh. Got to let that go. <laughs> yeah. you know? he, he goes he goes right back to paying attention oh, to what yeah. he was doing, and, and it's like all of a sudden, yeah, boom, gets a little light headed for sure. And uh, by the way, I just want to say this because it's just something that I've always found funny, guys. I don't know, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong here, but deer only have one set of shoulders so you can stop saying front shoulder right <laughs> you can right. stop saying put it behind the front shoulder yeah the, the other one's called a hip <laughs> <laughs> it's not a shoulder yeah that, that's like my put it right behind the front shoulder okay i think that's the only one i got yeah yeah, yeah. i that's that's like my water heater yeah you know, exactly hot water heater i'm like no boss it's a water it's just water you don't need hot water yeah um, uh, that's funny. The uh, the only thing I was going to touch on here is on the, um, the arrow wrap, or even if you don't have a wrap on your arrow, we start talking about what color that arrow is after the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you may, may or may not know this, but if you've made a shot through lungs, it's going to be most likely, you know, again, there's exceptions to every rule, but most of the time you're looking at a a bright red from a almost pink yeah, with, almost a lot, pink. with with bubbles in mm-hmm. it. That's that is a dead giveaway that that arrow has passed through at least a lung. one lung. Mm-hmm. If that happens, then that deer is going to die. Mm-hmm. Like there's yep. no that's a fatal shot. The deer is going to die. And typically they'll run thirty to sixty yards. Yes, if you've got both. Yeah, yeah. if you've got both lungs, thirty to sixty yards about all that deer can do. Yes, that's we, about we all. We need can to take. post up a picture of the one the doe you shot the other day, but. When you find where a deer has bedded and it's got that type of blood in it, that almost immediately tells you Absolutely. that it's one lung. Right. And that can go on for a while. Yeah, this yep. happened yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yesterday afternoon. Absolutely. Yep. You know, they may succumb to that within minutes, mm-hmm. or it could be hours. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if you find a bed with that type of blood in it, yep. just just know you've hit one lung. That's right. 
and it's a fatal shot. You know, yeah, it's, it's fatal. It's, it's just going to take time. Right. And um, the bad thing is, is when you walk up on that bed, and you're like, oh, okay, so and, I've just bumped this deer. Yes, more than, sure. more than likely. Um, like I did. And the other – Say it ain't we, so. We talk about other, so. other colors of the rainbow here, but if you are fortunate enough to get a heart shot, you're looking at more um, darker red blood, but mm. there's usually not quite as much bubbles in it and stuff. Um, that deer is almost always going to go down with insight. I mean that mm-hmm. they just can't take it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if you you nick anything on the on the heart, they're they're tipping over pretty quick with uh, a heavy, speaking. Yep. you know, uh, bright red blood there. And then as you start to make more marginal shots, if it goes back, say towards the liver. It's going to be a very, very dark red blood. Mm-hmm. Almost brown. Maroon. Yes. Purple. Uh-huh. It is a very, very different looking color. If you can smell, some people can't smell well. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not great. My wife is unbelievable what she can smell. <laughs> but Living with you, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that should kill the sense. <laughs> um, but Short circuit. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it... Folks that that can really smell well tell me it's it's got a metallic type yeah. smell to it. I can't pick that up. Well, I, mean, I, I can look at it and and tell, but I. That kind of makes sense because it's a lot of like iron rich yeah. organ, mm-hmm. which is you know a liver is. But but yeah, I mean that, and you're looking at what kind of time frame would you say would a deer is going to expire with a liver on hit? a liver hit? I mean, you're Minutes looking at hours. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at between one and three hours, mo- more than likely. But now I've seen liver hit deer still be alive five hours later. Oh, yeah. It sure. just not a, it's not it, common to me. It's going to depend on the type head you're hit you're right. shooting, and where you hit the liver. If you if you gash the liver, but you've caught the outside of that lobe, mm-hmm. then it, it's going to take some time. I shot one several years ago. Not with a real big head. It was the old G5 Tekkens or Tekkens or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I liver shot him just – I shot a hole right slam through the center of the liver. The deer was dead in 10 minutes. Right. And I've, I, I, I shot one several years ago um, in Alabama, 200-pound buck. Shot him right through the, the liver. I mean, almost dead center of his, his body. Yeah. And he ran maybe 40 yards and piled up. And I didn't touch a lung. Really? No, did not touch the lung at all. Mine didn't pile up. I watched him, you know, go down and and lay down. But in 10 minutes, you know, his his head's over Mm -hmm. and he was done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you're just nicking liver. Yeah. And the the folks in the Midwest, the dog folks up there, if they think you've shot liver or guts – they're they're wanting you to wait before they they trail those big bodied deer mm-hmm. over twelve hours with yeah. a, with a liver uh, and with gut. They told me eighteen. They don't want to take it up till eighteen mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. just because those deer can survive with those gaping holes in them. Yep, that's right. Well, and that, like you said, if if it is a gut hit, it's a different color too. You're it, usually looking at it, green, and you can smell. And that. oh yep. gosh, yeah. I mean, and if it's if. If it's in Alabama, I mean, there's corn on the ground where you shot it. <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh, yeah. Right, right out of the gut. You, you, so. If you're trailing a blood trail and you see corn, you gut shot the deer. That's right. <laughs> in Alabama. That's right. Yeah. That is right. Um, but so, and yeah, like, uh, that's what I, you kind of answered it before I could ask. But, yeah, I mean, gut shot deer. Again, and this fatal. Again, a fatal it shot. Is yeah, a fatal absolutely shot. fatal shot. But, the, you know, if assuming you shoot something in the evening, 
you don't need to go and even think about mm-hmm. taking that up till the following morning. Following morning, yep. you yep. know. The the deer I I shot in Kansas, I I did well. I did hit an organ. I I hit a kidney, um, but it was solid gut, everything mm-hmm. else. And we didn't take that deer up that track. It was seventeen hours. Yeah. And of course, deer was dead when we got to him, but uh, they didn't want to. They didn't want to take it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, the quick. the deal is like. This animal is is mortally wounded. It mm-hmm. doesn't want to, to move. move. It mm-hmm. wants to lay down and try to heal up. If you, you leave know. them alone, they're going to usually yeah. uh, gut, liver, anything like that. They're going to bed up within a hundred yards where you shot them, mm-hmm. as long as you don't push them. Yeah. Right. The, the deer, the deer I killed in Kansas. He he now he went a lot further. Right. But he was at his first bed. There was no right. other bed. He was yep. at his first bed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think that's valuable info there um i guess moving from you know i guess with with uh archery stuff like we said just kind of recap follow through make sure you really pay attention to that deer or that animal whatever it is that you shoot make mm-hmm. sure you pay attention to the body language mm-hmm. um and once you've kind of landmarked you know some some things mentally where this animal has ran or where you know if it doesn't t- assuming it doesn't tip over mm-hmm. um then get down and kind of see what evidence is on the arrow if you can find it um and then from there make a decision on mm-hmm. i need to go and pursue the track or i need to get out of here and, and if you're in you know, doubt just go home yes yeah. and it depends on and there are so many different situations if you feel like you're going to have to have a dog uh generally the guys that i'm using want the arrow mm-hmm. they want to see it um, so mark your impact spot with something and don't walk around. Just take your arrow right. with you. If, you know, some dog guys don't want it, but vast majority of the ones we've used oh, yeah. did. Uh, they just wanted to confirm what you were telling them based off of what the arrow looked like. Right. But mark your blood everywhere. we got these little glow-in-the-dark things. I keep a bunch of them in my pouch. I've seen a thousand people use toilet paper, just uh, little yeah, pieces. I use little, I just rip um, little shreds of toilet paper to it, track. If you're the mm-hmm. if you're the techno guys, mark it on your phone. Use your tracks yeah. on whether it's on X hunt stand, whatever. Drop mm-hmm. a pin on it and and let it let it follow you. If you heck, if you've got a GPS, even better. Uh, use a GPS unit. But as long as I'm finding good blood, I'm not necessarily hanging these. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to hang one immediately where the impact was mm-hmm. as long as i'm on good blood i'm trucking but the first time that we have come up to a spot that we're not exactly sure we're clipping another one on and marking uh marking where that's at yeah, to absolutely. make sure we don't lose it because sometimes you're going to get into specs uh, that are pretty small and you're looking around especially at night you're going to turn those leaves over and you're going to you're going to turn the blood over yep. and you're not going to be able to find that, it. That is right. And hopefully you don't run into those situations. I mean, we all hope that yeah. we make you're the going best to, shot possible, but, we, but you're shooting at live animals. It's just not always going to be a perfect shot. Sure. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're all human. And uh, it's a funny story. I was hunting with a, a friend several years ago on his property up in uh, Jackson County. And the night before he had shot from a ground blind with a bow, uh, he had shot a about 125 inch 10. And um, didn't find it, found what appeared to be somewhat good blood, but it uh, just nothing really made sense 
by his description. He kept saying that the deer was quartering to him slightly, but the blood that we kept finding looked livery. It looked very dark mm. and no bubbles, no, you know, just like, I don't understand how if it's quartering to you hard, how did you hit it in the liver? You know, it just mm. nothing really made sense. So we decided to back out, went back the next morning, and uh, just a, a hilarious story that in some ways, some ways really sad, but um, this is the last day at this point in time was the last day of the season that, you know, the morning we took up the track and, uh, he likes to bow hunt, doesn't take, uh, you know, a rifle in the woods, uh, much. And so you know, I said, uh, Hey man, do you want to, you know, like grab a gun when we go on this? Yeah. May, we may jump it up or whatever. Nah, I got my pistol on me, <laughs> you know, like, oh, a, like, no. a, like a hammerless, 38 oh, you know no. not like it's something you could really shoot shoot and uh mm. so long story short um i find right on the property line like most of jackson county it's very mountainous and with mm. a lot of shelves a lot of you know what we call benches and uh anyway i end up finding a spot of blood that's about the size of my laptop but i put my hand in it and it's still wet mm. i mean this is you know, hours. hours and hours later, and I said, "Man, I don't know where this deer is, but it's dead." I mean, there's, it, I mean, you can't bleed like that mm-hmm. and still live through it. So, I go up to the neck because I stay here, look around for some more blood. But the funniest part of the story is um, after we end up finding this deer, and he ends up putting <laughs> all of those thirty-eight rounds in it to kind of finish oh, this deer off. But, okay, look. but the 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 deal was he did not tell me. I'd, no, I'd known him for years. Never mentioned this once, but he's colorblind. So when we start to take up this track, he can see if the blood is wet and shiny. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if it's dry, it does, I mean, he doesn't see it. So uh, I'm picking up, like you're talking about these little mm. specks. I'm picking up these dried leaves with, I mean, just pinhole, yeah. teeny tiny little droplets of blood and showing it to him. And he's like, that's not blood. I'm like, yes, it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, trust me. Like, you, you can't see. I can't. You know, whatever. And so anyway, we ended up finding it. But uh, it, he he ended up hitting the deer here. In the nose? What? Yes. It was the craziest story ever. He, uh, The deer was quartering two, but he was trying to put it here, you know, in between the shoulder and neck mm-hmm. area. Yeah. And when the bow went off, the deer whirled. Oh, to, no. And yeah. when it did, it hit. Of course, now he didn't know. Didn't was, know that. Uh, but when we get up there to it, he actually has the euro mount of the buck with the oh, wow. arrow like this. You know, you imagine a, a Rage Extreme going oh, through yeah. a nasal cavity. It was, That's it was awful. It was not good. It was. Did, mean, did it get lodged there? I mean, it, it was the thing, stuck. What was crazy is is he was like, there, I don't, you know, it baffled all of us for a while. It's, right. He's looking at it, and we both are, you know, can't believe what's going on. The arrow doesn't exit out the back of the, you know, didn't come out of its neck. It didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it somehow had just like. Gone straight through. Yeah, down its esophagus and just stayed there. It had about the vein end and, you know, knock end of the arrow about, you know, whatever, about this much hanging out of its face. It was just the. That's awful. Crazy Deer can move so much. Between you releasing that arrow and its arrival, yes, it is unbelievable, especially it in is. the south. Yeah, but that you know that's a lesson, and not you know not picking on you, buddy. But that's why you don't take from no. the shots. I don't. I will not take a hard quartering two shot. Now I'll, I will. There's a certain area where I draw the line. 
If sure. it's quartering to me, I've got to have access to the lungs. Mm-hmm. If I can't, if I if it's quartering too much, I'm not taking the shot. And I've seen a lot of people try to drive them right through here. It don't turn out in front well, of the shoulder a lot. And a lot of times, that's just a bad, bad deal. And it, and it doesn't matter what equipment you're using at that mm, point either. That's if right. the arrow doesn't get there, it doesn't get there. You know, in time. You know, when if it, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like that, said, that's the deal. The equipment will do it. I mean, especially set up like you're shooting mm-hmm. with a. You know, a single head or a single blade or two, whatever you want to call it, that gun, a one two piece. blade, yeah, one piece, <laughs> there you go. two blade head. You know, they'll they'll zip through a deer through the front, but it don't take much movement from Mm-mm. the frontal Mm-mm. to cause you to have problems. Absolutely. Mm-mm. And look, there's a lot of guys shooting a lot of deer out there, frontal shots, especially from the ground, and it's easier from the ground. Absolutely. Don't, don't get me wrong. For sure. If, you, if you're going to shoot one frontal, that's probably where you need to be shooting it from, yeah. not not a tree stand. But there's just a lot of room for error. I don't care what kind of archer and hunter you are. It that, yeah. Stuff just happens. It does. Yep, it does. The Southern U Podcast is brought to you by First South Farm Credit. If you are looking to purchase land, it's highly likely that financing will be needed. The team at First South Farm Credit understands the ins and outs of the land buying process and can help you get the financing needed to secure your purchase. Whether you are looking for that dream cattle farm or that big piece of timber to chase deer and turkey on, First South Farm Credit can get it done. For more information, visit firstsouthfarmcredit.com. That's first, F-I-R-S-T, South, S-O-U-T-H, Farm, F-A-R-M, Credit, C-R-E-D-I-T dot com. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mean to spend that much time on the archery side of it, but I guess we can kind of switch gears and go to the, if you've got a rifle or, you know, a slug gun or a muzzleloader or something a like projectile. that. projectile. Shooting a, a <laughs> projectile powered by some powder, I guess. Um what are you looking for? The, does thing? Do you feel like things change? You know, um, in terms of the deer's body language, because you know, I, an arrow is is killing or you know, expiring a deer mm-hmm. much differently than than a firearm does. Mm-hmm. One is blood loss, hemorrhaging. The other is not necessarily, even though there is blood loss and there's hemorrhaging, that's not necessarily the primary means by yeah, which this it's deer, you know. vital shock. Right. <laughs> you're, you're transferring all of this momentum, this energy into, you know, into an mm-hmm. impact, right? So um, assuming that the deer doesn't just drop because that happens, you know, uh, absolutely. If you anchor one, that can happen with a yep. and that, with a rifle. that shot scares me more than anything else with a rifle. <laughs> yeah. so I, and I'll explain why in a few minutes. But uh, if a deer drops, I immediately go on high alert. Shoot him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's right. a bunch of people shoot that high shot, and they shock the spine. Yep. And a high shoulder is the most risky shot that a human being can take on a deer with a rifle. And a lot of people intentionally try to do that. It is the worst shot to take. I do it. <laughs> yes, it is. And I don't mind telling Jerry, it is the worst shot that you can take. Mm-hmm. It worked the other day, though, didn't it? And sometimes it don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, 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 I do. I, well, I, my philosophy, it, and it, it actually changes depending on where you're hunting. If I'm hunting somewhere that's just nasty, thick, that mm-hmm. I don't want the deer running anywhere i'm putting it through both front shoulders and i'm making his chin plow the ground yeah and I, I can find that deer yes 
Mm-hmm. But that that's what I'm I'm trying to break both front shoulders and make him a bulldozer. Yeah, and the yeah. the place that I'm talking about. You're talking about shoot, I'm talking about the junction between the neck and the front shoulder. Not that front shoulder there that we're you talking go. about. Front shoulder, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it would be in front of the vitals. A lot of people will follow that leg straight up mm-hmm. mid-body. Mm-hmm. And if if you happen to hit two inches high, people don't realize that a deer's spine, when it gets to the shoulder, it drops down into the body cavity and then comes up bit. through the neck. Mm-hmm. So – you can hit one two inches high of mid-shoulder, and guess what you've done? You've shocked the spinal column mm-hmm. knocked him into down. having a temporary reaction. And it's going to lay there, and you're going to high-five your buddies, and you're going to hoot and holler, and you're going to get all excited. And on your way to that deer, it's going to jump up and run off, and you will never find it. We, you will not find uh, that deer. Me me and a couple of buddies, we call that playing laser tag yeah. with deer. <laughs> yeah. And no, it they, happens oh, often. The dog trackers talk about I mean. Dog trackers will not even take that track. Well, I mean, they've gotten what, to the point. What can they take? There's no blood. Well, not much. Yeah, like, I mean, there, there's hardly ever any blood. Um, and what people are shooting at are the ne- the nexus point of all the nerves. That's right. And if you hit that spot, right? Oh, he's not going it, anywhere. It, it's a CNA. It's a central nervous system. Yep. It's, reaction. That, that's um, it. It it hammers them, but you yes. can miss it easily. And the reason I don't like it, yes, it's effective, highly effective, and that deer's not going anywhere. But if you miss two inches forward, two inches high, mm-hmm. then your odds of recovery are extremely low. Mm-hmm. And I also, I'm, I'm a gun nut anyway, so a lot of people don't take into account what they're <coughs> shooting at the deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you get, it's, it's hilarious to watch all these people talk about, oh, six, five Creedmoor won't kill a deer. All these deer are toting these these rounds off there's been as many deer killed with a 22 long rifle as anything else <laughs> yeah i if, promise you if you hit them with where you should hit them it doesn't matter if you're shooting a, 20, a 223 or yeah a 300 wind mag now 22 is not legal folks no right no, we're not, not advocating <laughs> but, that yeah Please, but there's plenty of, there's plenty yeah. of deer that are getting killed that way yeah um but i mean i, I hunt with a 6.5 grindle almost all the time and everybody's like why are you shooting that? You shooting a seven mile? I'm like, why would I want to get kicked in the face all the time? Right. And I can shoot this little AR that a kid can shoot. I can shoot anybody else. But I also pick the right ammunition to shoot in it, the right mm-hmm. projectile that does a lot of damage when it hits. And it's all about the energy dump that that, mm-hmm. that you talked about. If you're shooting the wrong ammunition – you can cause yourself a lot of problems. Yeah, and, and, you know, the reason I like to back the shot up a little bit off that shoulder in most situations is if you drive a projectile through both lungs and that deer has a hole on both sides. Not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And you can follow him or her right to where she – most of the time. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, some ammunition and some shots not perform as expected. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, if you double lung a deer, and you've got such a you know a room for error, that I mean, you're looking at if if you shoot a deer anywhere from right behind the shoulder to mid body, it's not going very far, mm-hmm. and you're going to have a blood trail. That's right. And yeah, why would you? Yeah, you've got a spot that's that literally this big. Why would you condense that down to an area the size of your fist 
especially if you're taking, you know, 100-yard shots or longer. Yep. And this is what you're trying to base your success on is shooting something the size of my mm-hmm. fist in that central nervous system bundle at the sh- the, mm-hmm. the junction of the shoulder and the and the neck. Yep. Aim small, miss small, Matthew. Oh, I understand that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, no. There's it, a lot of people that can't do that. Well, I mean, yes. it, it's it, much more effective. And their defense, too. Like, lungs. it's amazing what a deer can can like you said, they can, can take and get up and, and walk away from them. You they know, like I, you guys lot. have heard me reference my dad's deer farm. Like those deer, you know, if they like don't get enough fiber in their diet, they'll just die. Just but you can shoot dead. one with a gun and it gets up and walks mm-hmm. away. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what what's going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I mean, weird stuff happens. Like uh, the deer that Luke, my son, shot uh, a week and a half ago. Oddest thing i've ever seen with a firearm he he hit the deer I, roughly 145 yards mm-hmm. no the 308 nosler partition 150 grain and he hit it right where you'd want to right behind the front leg mid body i mean if you if you did a cross section of the deer is right in the center mm-hmm. and the deer was slightly quartering to us so the exit should have been mid body on the opposite side mm-hmm. and that's what we were going off of when we got down there to track this deer it got up and i thought wow maybe you didn't hit it where we thought you hit it you know and we didn't know at the time we were just going off the reaction of the deer <clears throat> when we finally recovered the deer it had an exit hole right here in the the front of the brisket mm-hmm. about midways up the neck now explain that Bullets do funny things. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't. because no. that bullet literally had to hit that deer and take a hard 90-degree turn it immediately. Did. Well, I'll tell you this, too, now, not to go back on the archery stuff, but um, same place in Pike County that you know we've mm-hmm. both been to before. This was years ago, and I thought I had archery figured out. I thought I had you know everything that I needed in ter- in, to be successful. Um shooting a big uh, expandable broadhead with a extremely light arrow. Like, lighter, I was probably underspined on the arrow, too. But long story short, shot the biggest deer, like body size, body weight, biggest deer I've ever shot, which was a doe in Pike mm-hmm. County. It was about, you know, humongous corn-fed, you know, mm-hmm. freezer queen. Perfect broadside and exactly what you're talking about. My arrow impacted mid-body, perfect breed want to hit. It ricocheted off of a rib, off of something inside the body, and the arrow was, when I found her, came out of her sternum mm-hmm. and the, was just being held in by the veins. The veins were the only thing holding it in. I'm right. like, that's a 90-degree angle. Yep. How mm-hmm. does that happen? You know, yep. deflections, I mean, it's, it's a real thing. Though. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Right. You know, Bullets I mean, and arrows both do it. Absolutely, they do. Now, I had never seen it that bad with a rifle mm-hmm. until last week that's crazy man but it it really shocked all of us because you know i was telling luke maybe you didn't hit the deer where we thought you did you know and i was he was questioning himself and then we recovered the deer i was like luke if we had that shot to do 100 more times i'd tell you to do the same thing mm-hmm. put it right there yeah so odd things happen the southern new podcast is brought to you by vitalized seed what sets Vitalized Seed Mixes apart from other companies is their ability to keep producing throughout multiple periods of the year. The symbiotic relationships between the different varieties support soil health 
while being extremely attractive to a variety of wildlife and important pollinators. If you're looking for a product that is going to benefit all of your wildlife and help you put deer and turkey in the freezer, ask your local seed dealer for Vitalize Seed. And for more information, visit VitalizeSeed.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E-S-E-E-D.com. Sure. So I guess the la- uh, the kind of next part we'll move on to, let's just assume that whether it's a gun or a bow, you've recovered the animal at this point. Mm-hmm. Now what needs to be at the forefront? Like well, I've located this animal. What are some um, some practices or some pieces of gear that you kind of need to, to have in your pack with you to make Glad sure? Glad you was, asked. Yeah, <laughs> I was say, I think uh, Jeremy's we, got we a got, smorgasbord we, yeah, we over here. We got a handful of things, and, and a lot of this is – taking up the track stuff, you know, the, the little markers that I had. But always go with lights. Uh, yep. I mean, this is a headlamp, uh, just a, a good flashlight. I, I generally recommend one that's got a couple of different settings, whether it be flood or spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and take extra batteries. Yes, but and, and take lots of lights. I have started using a lot of Big lights. The handheld. The, the, the yep. handhelds that's got, you know, multiple batteries. This, this one happens to be a Nebo. Uh, really like that light. Um, but take take backups. Mm-hmm. Take plenty. I usually have uh, two to three lights on me at any given yeah, time. And, and anybody that's on the track with you, which is a good segue we need to talk about, needs to have lights. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to end up with – a stick in the face, mm-hmm. eye poked, step in a hole. You got to be safe on these things because you're walking through the woods. That's right. Yep. Stuff happens. Um, but I want to circle back to the number of people. Two people should be a max mm-hmm. most of the time. Oh, on, on, a track. on a track. Okay. On a okay. track. Don't take a party track. No. Yeah. No. Um, unless you know the deer's dead somehow and everybody else don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine to take take a handful of people but the more people you put in there on a track if something goes wrong then you know if you jump a deer then that's that's more the dog's got to sort out um if you don't know the deer's already dead then each one of those individuals is an opportunity to jump a deer that you wouldn't have Mm -hmm. if it was just two of you staying together working the track methodically Mm um it's you know, when we're guiding, there, uh, there's always, you know, hey, man, my buddy wants to go. Absolutely not. Yep. I, I'm sorry, but there's just too many chances for us to mess something up with more people in the woods. Yep. Yeah, sure. Well, and I mean, especially up there, like we were talking about guiding too, in virtually every one of those cases, we're not tracking a a doe in Alabama, we're, right. we're potentially tracking the biggest deer someone's ever shot That's in right. life. So, like, let's let's give us the best opportunity to recover this thing, yep. you know. <laughs> but th- that's a – I mean, it's it's a rule of thumb of mine, you know, in the woods. We're not going with more than two people if if we don't know the outcome sure. already. Right. Um, if you know where the deer's laying. That's different. Take the kids. Take your whole family. Yeah. That's it. I mean – Take the dog. Take yeah. everybody. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, get, get back on that. You know, the lights, the markers – multiple knives um i've got you know different different knives this is you know skin and knife that uh matt and i know the guy that makes these old clarence skull works make some great knives 
Um, I keep one like this all the time, um, primarily doing skinning work with it because knives are expensive. Kind of leave you good ones back at the truck. But <laughs> the, right. these new outdoor edge knives that's got the replaceable blades. Love them. And the Havilons. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep, yep love them. Uh, a blade will generally do a deer. As long as you're not running it in the bone and all that type of stuff. But the one thing I will tell you, be extremely careful yes. with those. Yes. Because they are sharp. They I, will cut I, you. I cut myself in Kansas, uh, gutting one, and I knew it. You know, I just felt it and, you know, looked at the guy and said, I'm cut. You know, I know it's I know it's serious because I can feel it. But I had on rubber gloves. Uh you're right. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm I'm good, but I'm I'm cut. Y'all, I kept cleaning, and when I took the glove off after getting done, the entire glove was full of blood, and up up to my wrist where that glove was, there was not anywhere you could touch on my hand that wasn't blood. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I just touched myself yeah. on one of those things. Oh yeah, and they're unbelievable. They're bad, they're bad sharp. They are, mm-hmm. and I mean that goes back to. To taking your time, yes. Because I'm getting hurry. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It does though. But like you know, like anybody else, I mean you've you got stuff going through your head. Like it's it's getting late. I need to get back home. I've got yep. stuff going on. You know, I need to hurry up and hurry up and get this thing gutted and get you know get it yep. out here. And and you do that and you fillet your hand open and that's yep. that's a bad situation to uh, be in too. You know, and you mentioned gutting a deer and that you know that's that's a decision that you're going to have to make whether to gut or not. Like mm-hmm. I don't gut deer. Yeah. I don't much anymore. You know, unless either. I'm – if I kill a big deer up in Kansas, you got to. it weighs 280 pounds. Uh, he's getting to. gutted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but if I, I'm i hunting down here, most of the time we can recover those deer without killing yeah. ourselves, without having to you do that. You public land guys that's hiking three miles in. Yeah. You're gutting it and quartering it yeah. and, and all that. So, sure. Um, but I – in my pack, I keep uh, – cleaning gloves i took these out so they're kind of messy uh, but these are shoulder length gloves you want to talk about keeping you clean mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> it's awesome yep. there's nothing like having dried blood <laughs> all the way up to your neck uh, <laughs> right. gut and deer so these are a lifesaver especially when you don't have a bunch of water uh, so those and of course i keep a box of thick meal gloves something a lot of people do not keep with them that i do on tracks because you never know as i keep a first aid kit mm-hmm. and i keep a serious first aid this kit. is a it's, trauma kit this is yep. just a band-aid kit no this right. one's got the real deal turn kit you know if somebody is cut significantly you know life and death cut we can we keep can them alive sol- yeah mm-hmm. we can keep them alive we can solve that until the the proper people get there and take care of them mm-hmm. um and i'd have to get rl business partner to tell you the story but they were in camp with some folks in alaska i believe bear hunting guy got in a hurry and uh you know whipping the knife around cleaning a bear and uh got it hung and pulled on it a little hard and he stabbed himself in the femoral artery mm-hmm. and uh the mm-hmm. only thing that saved his life was a belt yep. off of one of the hunters and uh, an oil field helicopter heard the mayday call and was able to was close and yeah. was able to land and pick him up. Otherwise, he'd have died right yeah. there. Mm. Um, so don't get in a hurry. 
safety trauma kits, first aid kits are important. Uh, I take that when I'm hanging stands, mm-hmm. y'all. Everything I do. They stay in my truck. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. They're, they're in my backpacks or attached to my mm-hmm. backpacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't be overly prepared. No. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, for crying out loud, deer get after people. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're dumb enough like I was years ago to – you're going to finish a deer and you stick it and you're not paying attention to where the antlers are, you get stuck right back, mm. which is always fun. No, thanks. Um, but I ain't gigging a deer. No. I, I have. A doe, maybe. I, I have. Um, probably not anymore. Yeah. It it Both times I've done it. Bad result. Yeah. One, it's pretty brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's – it's it's a whole lot different shooting a deer than it is putting your knee in one's neck and sticking a knife, mm-hmm. you know, oh, in its throat or through the heart. Matt's got, oh, man, we got all kinds of stories about that, don't we? We do. <laughs> Probably will never be mentioned on this podcast, though. No. Ah, some of them will. Well. <laughs> Maybe not. Some of them will. <laughs> oh, we've had we've had some interesting times. Got yeah. To, um, yep, yep. But, but tracking a deer – Look, it, it's it is an art form. There's people good at it. Oh gosh, yeah. There's people that have been hunting a long time that are absolutely terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I've got I've got some friends and family members that that they are that. I don't I don't know how they have ever found a deer in their life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've been with those people. Sorry guys, I'm trying to figure out. My phone is blowing up. I'm trying to see if something's wrong. Oh yeah, take it, man. Uh, yeah, do what you got to do. Um, wait and see what happens here. Um, so I guess the the we've recovered the deer and talking about what gear is necessary mm-hmm. there. Just to kind of wrap this thing up, is there anything else that you would add to um, what we've already discussed, or um, you know anything other people or people might you know, need to know? Or the only the only thing I was going to maybe mention is depending on the time of year that you harvest a deer. Mm-hmm. It's really important to do something with that pretty animal. Quick, pretty quick, you know, yeah. if, in the if, south, you know, especially if, in bow season in Alabama. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like I know Matt said, hey, I don't gut deer, and that's you know, I mean, I love doing the gutless method and not having mm-hmm. to mess with that myself. But sometimes, you know, oh, it's you, just necessary. You have right. to. You yeah, I mean, to, I try to get mine hanging and cleaned pretty quick. Yeah, you know, um, most of the time, I do my own skinning and quartering. It depends on what I've got going on with the family that evening. I may run it to the processor real quick, but mm-hmm. most of the time I do it myself. Um, and I use the gutless method and can get anything and every cut of meat that I need without having to gut that animal. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me to dispose of them because I just roll the carcass over into the bucket of my tractor and haul it off. Right. You know, everybody don't have access to that. Sure. That's right. And I understand that. So um, the biggest thing is... If it's hot, if it's warm, then you want to get them done as quickly as possible. Because even it's not going to spoil the meat, but the the inner loins, the best cut of meat on the deer, Mm -hmm. sit up against the the intestines. And so, as that starts, as those gases start to exchange and everything begins to bloat, it's putting all that up against the inner loins. And although it's probably not 
getting anything in them or on them. They're just getting – they, they, they smell. They do. And they will begin they to get taste. Gamey. Yeah, they will begin to taste like gut material. Yeah, I don't want so, that. So, you know, you want to try to do something with that pretty quick. Yeah, and that – we may just need to do a whole episode on how to treat the meat. But mm-hmm. for crying out loud, folks, quit putting the meat in coolers of ice water. With uh, well, ice water. Yeah, yeah I know. Ice, you got to soak yeah. them in salt water uh-uh. for three days. No, you <laughs> I've don't. never done that oh, one no. time. Ice only – and the meat goes on top of the ice. Yeah, let mm-hmm. that thing drain. Get yes. that water out Keep of there. Keep the water out. Yep. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't, you, you don't want to soak a ribeye in, yep. <laughs> in will be, water for three days. You will be, be much happier with your meat yes. if you keep it out of the water, keep it dry, mm-hmm. keep it cold. I mean, heck, the deer I killed in Kansas, I didn't take it to Ron. It's, of course, now I had dry ice mm-hmm. with it because um, going a long way. But I just put one block of dry ice in there and refreshed it as needed to. But it stayed in the cooler for 12 days, mm-hmm. 14 days. Dang. Oh, man, it's awesome. Yeah. I, hey, time. I would love to have my deer hung. Aged. For, yeah, for 12, 14 days mm-hmm. and hung in the cooler. But that's just not possible. Right. Especially not over there with the number of deer they're doing. Um, but if you'll take care of your meat, you'll be happier with it. Uh, if you're if you're cleaning it yourself, make sure to keep you know try to keep the hair and get mm-hmm. the sinew and all that off of it. No doubt. Uh, the cleaner cut you've got, the better taste is going to be. The Southern New Podcast is brought to you by Darton Archery. For over seventy years, Darton Archery has been leading the way in archery innovation. With over 30 patents spanning over 60 years, it's easy to see why many archers and bow hunters have chosen to shoot a dart. Darton's patented dual sink cam system gives the archer one quarter inch draw length adjustments, adjustable holding weight options ranging from 85% to 65%, and the super easy to tune E system for quick adjustments and perfect arrow flight. For more information or to find an authorized Darton dealer, visit dartonarchery.com. That's D-A-R-T-O-N-A-R-C-H-E-R-Y dot com. Right. Well, uh, guys, I reckon we've kind of covered all I think we can cover for this one. Um, I'm going to wrap it up, and I told you guys we had something coming up uh, that you wanted to be involved in, and we'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag before we sign off here. But um, – Darton Archery has released their new lineup of bows for 2024, and uh, their flagship bow is called the Sequel 33. And um, I'm not going to hype it up too much because I haven't had an opportunity to hold one in my hand or shoot one or anything like that. But what I can tell you is if they shoot anywhere near um, the way that the current lineup does, uh, I think we're all in for a treat on I, that. I've been very impressed yes. with my veracity. Yeah, me I mean, too. I don't mind telling you, I've shot Hoyt my entire life. Sure. And and I've got that veracity this year. I've shot five deer and a bobcat, I think. And yeah, I just absolutely love it. I'm yeah. actually wanting to shoot more stuff with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure. I, and I same with the – I hadn't shot that many critters with it and hadn't had the opportunity, but the prelude. Dude, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a bow, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, they're going to have a tough time getting that one out of my hands. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts too. But, um, yeah, the, the sequel 33 is kind of the 
you know, the next, you know, that's why they call it the sequel to the prelude. Uh, 33 inches axle to axle has incredible IBO speeds. And if you guys don't know this, um, Randy at Darton is a stickler for the speeds. When Whenever a company puts out a speed rating, mm-hmm. um, when you get it set up for you with your hunting gear, ready to rock and roll, it's most of the time nowhere near those speeds. Mm-hmm. Um, a Darton has been tested to the nth degree on this stuff, and it is going to shoot. They're close. I mean, if, if you it's, you know, IBO standard is a 350-grain arrow at 70 pounds and 30-inch draw, and it says it will shoot X. And if you set it up with those specs, that's what that thing will shoot. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, big proponent for you know, for being honest about that stuff. But uh, we're actually going to be giving one away. And, um, yeah, which, I mean, we don't even have one yet. I want to shoot one first <laughs> before I give one away, man. But, uh, anyway, we're going to give uh, give one away uh, through Instagram. And we're going to tell you guys how to do that, um, how to enter it, all those sort of things. But uh, just be – uh, following our social media accounts and you'll be able to see uh, how to enter and when we're going to draw and how that's going to look but uh, someone's going to take home I believe um, I talked with them uh, last week it's OD green with black limbs right handed I believe it's a 70 pound bow too and it's you know I, I can't imagine um, that has a new sh- uh, shim system so you can kind of shim your cams they're, they're all color coded to kind of mm-hmm. make sure that that's a little mm-hmm. easier to get your center shot right and Perfect arrow flash, just you know, a new cam system. Everything is everything's really uh, new. Quarter inch draw length adjustments, which it works. is yeah. unbelievable, by the way, to be <laughs> able to dial a bow in. Mm-hmm. Exactly yes. right. Yes, that's always been my problem, is not being able to dial to, it in to just exactly the right it. length. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've always had to have either a uh, a little extra long D loop or, or something to get it perfect. Yeah, but that quarter inch adjustment. Yep, absolutely. You can get it perfect. You can. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about that. And like I said, more details emerge. Um, we'll let you know about that. But thank you guys for listening in. Uh, we do ask that you would subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Like I said, we got other content other than just the podcast uh, coming out there. And then obviously follow us on social. Um, we'll be posting stuff pretty much every day uh, we try to give something out there and uh, we really appreciate the support and uh, we would be honored if you kind of came along on this journey with us we we would absolutely uh, appreciate it so until next time we will see you later out see ya